Hello, a little word of warning that this podcast contains swears and lots of explicit sexual language. Therefore, it's not suitable for folks under the age of 18 or anyone who thinks love language means getting top marks in French. I'm ahead of the game. Welcome to Smut Drop, a weekly roundup to the more eccentric side of sex and relationships from metro.co.uk. I'm Miranda Kane, and on this week's show, we're going to look at what pink flags mean. We're getting some top flirting tips from Gene Smith, and we'll be hearing your terrible, awful chat up lines. But if you like what you hear, then please rate, review, subscribe. And I do really hope you're ready because I'm about as ready as a parking ticket with fine written all over it. Welcome, Huns, to another glorious Smut Drop podcast. Now, I've got a quick question. Have you ever heard of a pink flag? Like, yeah, okay, of course we've got red ones. We all know those, the big red warnings that say, this is not a suitable relationship. (laughs) But a pink flag is apparently those minor blips that aren't really, like, deal breakers, but they should definitely be addressed early on in the relationship to avoid bigger problems down the line. Fortunately, Aidan Millen has written a feature in metro.co.uk about the most common pink flags and how we can fix them. Okay, for instance, there are things like love languages. So you know what a love language is, right? It's where to express your love to someone, you might do an act of service, or maybe you're a bit more like me and you're all about the hugging and the kissing. But if you've got a different love language with someone, if you're mismatched, then you can have bigger problems down the line. Like there's no point in pouring a bath when all your partner wants is a snog. Then there's blue lighting, which is using a lot of technology, like doom scrolling late into the evening. You've got mismatched libidos, or maybe you've got a different way of addressing conflict. All of these are pink flags. So they're not a reason to end the relationship, but you may need to have a sit down and a chat about how to make sure they don't build up and become a bigger problem in the future. What are your pink flags? What are your red flags? What are any flags? Send all your flags to smutdrop at metro.co.uk. And there is help if you head over to Metro. Dr. Catherine Hartlin, the sex therapist and principal researcher at Relationship at Blue Heart, has some excellent tips. Ladies and gentlemen, gays and theys, our guest this week is a social and cultural anthropologist who specialises in the science of flirting. She's the author of Stop Swiping, Start Talking and Find Love, which is a must-have guide to dating in the 21st century. And she's the founder of Flirtology.com. I can't think of anyone better to guide us on the journey of starting a flirty conversation than the fabulous Jean Smith. Hello. Hello, Jean. Hello, Miranda. Thanks for that amazing intro and for having me on your show. Oh, Jean, I wanted to talk to you because it is National Conversation Week. And as a sex podcast, I think there are going to be a lot of people listening who could do with a friendly nudge to get those flirty conversations happening in real life or online. Like I'm an IRL girl. Do you know what I mean? So I prefer you know, the thought of someone in a nice bar and walking up to them and just blurting out. But I'm never going to do that because I'm absolutely terrible at it. So please, Jean, where do we start? Where do we start with flirting? 
Well, I'm trying to get my head around the fact that you actually are a great flirt, a natural flirt. You're warm and you're open. These are key attributes to being a good flirt. So I don't understand. There seems like a disconnect why you can't do this in real life. And I'm asking you because I'm sure this is a lot of people can relate to this. I think it's the self-conscious part. I feel really self-conscious going up to someone in a bar and just starting that that conversation. Yeah. So this is about not not writing the whole story in the first second, right? So, oh, if I if I go up to that person, then this is going to happen. Then they're going to say this and this and this. And you've just written this entire story and it's not even real. That's exactly what I do. That's yeah, exactly A lot it. of people do. You're in good company. Oh. So it's about just being in the moment. You know, we all hear about how great the present is. It's especially good for flirting. Mm. It's about being in that exact moment and just starting with like, hello, or, oh, what, what are you drinking? Like starting with such a tiny, tiny, tiny baby step and staying at that tiny baby step mm. until the next thing happens. And that's why in real life, because I'm IRL as well, that's why it's so much more fun and exciting because anything could happen if you just keep staying in each moment, moment to moment to moment. What's a good starter? What's a good thing? So you, you, you're in the present, you've walked up to that gorgeous person at the bar, What's a good starter? It's looking at the surroundings and asking them a question that has to do with the context that you're both in. Because another element of flirting, it's about creating a reality for just the two of you, Mm. especially like a good flirting encounter, right? It's just the two of you. Everyone else disappears. So it's even starting with that idea. Again, you don't have to take it too far yet. So you look at the context. Where are you? Let's say you're at a bar. What, what is this person drinking? Okay, why is it blue? So then you say, oh, that's interesting drink. Why is, why is that blue? What's in there? That's it. Now that I'm thinking about it, it does seem like a bit of common sense because I know that when I do a dating profile, when I get a copy and pasted like, hiya, hun, what brings you here? And I'm like, but you haven't looked at my dating profile. You haven't asked me about it or anything like that. And it's just like, oh, of course. Yeah, look around and just say, oh, those are interesting shoes or God, why do we get so scared? Because because of stuff that our mind makes up. That's why. It, it's stuff. We listen to our mind. We let it create this narrative. And it, it never says, oh, Miranda, you should totally ask that person a question because they're going to be really happy. In fact, you might be the only person who spoke with them that day and they're going to be delighted. You should do it. Again, it's still your mind making stuff up, but it never goes that direction, does it? It always goes the the bad direction. So it's about trying this enough times and realizing, wow, I actually get positively reinforced here. People actually want to connect with me. And they do. They do, because you do flirting tours as well, don't you? Yeah. I love this. So what happens on a flirting tour? Right. Well, I mean, basically the the punchline is we make people get out of their minds and, and onto the streets. So basically, yeah, that's that's how I say it. It's like, get out of your mind, get onto the street. Yeah. And what I mean by that is to see what actually happens when we do these things. So yeah. it's just about going to everyday locations with you know a small group of like-minded people and practicing talking to people and getting positively reinforced that, oh, wow, people really do want to interact and connect, as, as I was just saying. As an anthropologist, I call on social science and different methodologies to sort of confirm what I'm saying. And one of them is a sample size. This means you have to do something enough times before you can say, yes, this is true. This is real. 
people go on, you know, two dates and they say, there's no one out there. It's all over for me. Well, you need like a sample size. I'm making this up, but like of a hundred people before you can actually say that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting because I think when you, when you say the word connection, what a lot of people think, well, what I certainly think of when you think the word flirting is it has to lead to some, to something sexual, but actually just making that connection with another person. That's what we need right now. We've just come out of two years of lockdown. Wouldn't it be lovely just to meet new people or have someone stop you and say that is a lovely pair of shoes. Yeah. I think we've gotten out of the habit to be honest, it's not that the Brits were ever really, really in the habit, <laughs> but <laughs> I think we've gotten even more out of the habit and we just need to kind of push ourselves. It's really easy just to get stuck in this behavior to work from work or sometimes just staying at home, not even going out anymore. So it's just, you know, this is what National Conversation Week. So I would really like to assign a task. <gasps> I love homework. Yes. <laughs> Good. See, I'm like a born school teacher and you're like a born um, teacher's pet. It needs a validation. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, perfect. (laughs) So the task is going to be this week. I would like everyone to ask three people that they don't know a question, whether it's when you're getting a coffee or you're on the tube. And, you know, the question can be something you already know the answer to, but it's really about making a connection. And the second part of that is the connection isn't even necessarily for you. If you want to think about it, it's for the other person. And that helps us not to be self-conscious. We're not looking inwards at ourselves, thinking, oh, what are they going to think about me? Instead, we flip it. It's like, oh, how can I make that person's day? How can I do this amazing intro like Miranda did for Jean? You know, like, how can I make that person feel special? And then we don't feel self-conscious because our focus is on the other person. That's so right. That automatically makes it sound so less daunting. One of the things that I'm doing next week, so I can't use this. I'll I'll still do my homework. Don't worry, Jean. I'll still do my homework. Okay, good. (laughs) Next week, I'm going on a speed date. I mean, I'm like, what kind of questions can I ask? But actually just going in there thinking, how can I make this person feel good about themselves? Just seems a little more achievable, right? Yes, exactly. That's that's such a great way to look at it because it takes the pressure off. It's not about you. It's not about trying to get them to validate you. Mm. But also going back to what you said about on your apps, like when people just cut and pasted things, it's also everyone wants to be seen and recognized like, oh my God, this person actually sees me. So it's just being interested in people or making that person feel like, yeah, I see you. I, I see that you're special because we're all special in different ways. Mm. How can we help with that? How can we bring our confidence up? You know, I can say, oh, this is all about making someone's, but still just that thought of like going up to someone and and saying, oh, you look great today is still making me go, oh, it's a little bit. Is there any kind of thing I can do for confidence? Yeah. So I'm thinking of two things. The first is you just got to start doing it, like feel the fear and do it anyway. Like you've just got to start and then you'll get the positive validation And think about how much you like it when someone does that as well. Yeah. So once you just start doing it, and to be honest, it's more about stopping blocking ourselves from saying and doing what we really want to say. Like how many times have you wanted to say something nice to someone and you're just like, oh, I can't say that. I mean, not you in particular, but one, oh, I can't say that because they might think I'm a fool or, you know, weird. But so it's more about being comfortable just saying how we feel. But the other part is, 
you can't study flirting without studying rejection. This is, this is the key in everything. We do all these elaborate schemes to try and stop ourselves from being rejected. But unfortunately, all of these rules mean we just end up stagnant and not doing what we want. So if we take away all these rules, as I mentioned the first time, it's just about being free. But the second is about not looking at others for validation. It's about when we go into the flirting scene, we've already done the work on us. And this isn't as fun or sexy or glamorous, but this is the key. The problem is people look at the flirting or even dating scene as a chance to validate Am I good enough? Am I, you know, pretty enough? Am I attractive enough? This sort of thing. And we're throwing our worth out for others to judge. And that's why rejection really, really stings. But if we go at it a different way, in the separately, we work on ourselves, we're happy with ourselves, we do the self-development, et cetera, et cetera, which is work and it never ends. I found I've been doing this for years on myself. I, I'm happy that I'm doing it. But the point is, then when we go to the flirting scene, all of a sudden. One, flirting acts as an effective weeding out mechanism. So if someone doesn't get our jokes, it's not, oh, I shouldn't have said that. That was so stupid. It's like, oh, this person isn't a good match for me. It makes things so different. And two, it makes flirting so much fun. Because the number one thing I'm asked is, why can't I flirt with someone I'm attracted to, but I can flirt with someone I'm not attracted to? And people ask me that all the time. The real thing is, how much more fun and exciting is it flirting with someone that you're attracted to? Mm. For me, there's two types of flirting. And I've written about this. I've written two books on the subject. And there's flirting, which I consider like the everyday chatting and like making someone's day and having connections, which is really, really important. But then there's also flirting for intent. And this is for, well, a lot of single people that I work with. They're like, great, making connections and chatting is fine. But you know, I want something out of this. I have an intent. I want a partner. I want sex. I want a discount, like whatever. <laughs> so yeah. don't tell me you haven't tried it. Oh my God. I haven't tried it yet. Yes, oh my God. That's the key. <laughs> I was about to ask like, what other benefits are there? I didn't know I could get 10% off in millets. Brilliant. <laughs> Fred is known for giving out free coffees for good flirts. Brett. Yes. Oh my God. Oh, Miranda, that is another task just for you. I want you, that is if you like Pret coffee, but I want you to go in and try and get a free coffee. <laughs> you are on Smith. You are on. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. I'm going to do role play now. I'm going to do role play. So you're going to be my little prep server. So walk in, I'm going to be like, in my mind, I'm thinking, let's make this person's day. Let's make this person's day. Yeah. Okay. Hello. How are you? Oh, I'm, I'm very well. Thank you. What can I get for you? Well, I was just looking at the coffee, but what I'd really like is for you to tell me where you get your shampoo from, because your hair looks amazing today. <gasps> it looks you. so good. I'm so jealous of curls. It looks so nice. Oh, well, I like your hair as well. Um, thank you. That's really sweet. Um, would you like a free coffee? <laughs> yes, I would. Thank you. And a custard cream to boot. Anything else you want. (laughs) That's really good. How did I do? You did really well. And let me explain. So that is like flirting. And then if you wanted to make it flirting with intent, you were flirting with intent, you wanted a free coffee. But I meant like looking for something a bit more. 
the way that you would change it is by putting in your sexuality, basically. And this is where people usually get even a little bit more worried because it's fine to be rejected as a friend, but being rejected, you know, as a potential sex partner or life partner is scarier. So then you could say something like, actually, speaking of coffee, your, your eyes remind me of the most delicious cup of coffee. There's such a beautiful brown or, you know, I'm being a bit, it always sounds cheesy outside of actually when you're in it. But do you see how that would be a little bit different? Yes, yes. Lovely hazelnut eyes, like a, a hazelnut mocha. Yeah, yeah, know. yeah. <laughs> so that that's just like kind of showing people the difference between one and the other. Yeah, so it's getting a little more, not intimate, but it's just talking about a nice body part in a nice way, I guess. It is a little bit more personal, but that's kind of what flirting is. But now let me just share how, so the sort of, because, you know, we've run into this area, which is really, really useful because so many people don't flirt because they're so worried about offending someone or coming on strong, which is amazing. Like, it's great we have this awareness now. So what you can do is you can say something like this, and then you just, you just create a space to gauge their reaction. And this is what was missing before. There was no space to gauge reaction. It was just say something, go in, just keep going, going, going. And, you know, the other person's like, whoa. So you say something, create space. How are they taking this? And then if they're just like uncomfortable or feel a bit weird, then you just say, oh, well, thanks for the coffee. Have a great day. You just, you know, back off. But you might find, Miranda, that actually they're loving it. This happens more often than we would think. So it might be they're loving it. And then that's when I'm saying you just stay in the moment and it will just naturally escalate if the timing and the people in that moment are right. The difference between politeness and persistence, just leaving that air gap, I guess. So just like, oh, that's it. (laughs) Are they running away screaming or are they smiling and and getting my hazelnut shot ready? That's it. Is there a way that you can avoid rejection, though? Like, is there a way that you can sort of, I don't know, because you don't want to build your armor up. Like, that's my problem at the moment. It's all this armor. But is there a way that you can just sort of like try to avoid getting yourself hurt? Yes. It's about foundation or laying groundwork before you go in. And some things to look out for, for example, body language. So if we're talking about a stranger, for example, that might be a little bit different than someone that we know well. Like if we like a friend and we want to move on to something else, that's I would give different advice. But if we're talking about um, like a stranger, we look at the body language. And I'll just give a quick example. I used to run sort of like wing person nights out for all my clients and we'd go to this bar. So this one woman was like, I'm, I'm going to go talk to those men. And before I could stop her, she went up. And the problem is I could see their body language was very close and they were talking very closely together with their backs to everyone. And she kind of also came up from behind, which is really not how you want to approach someone, especially in a dark, dark alley. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, think about it. If someone's like behind you, you're just like, what are you trying to mug me? I mean, it's not really. Just poke them on the shoulder. You there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if they, you know, coming from the front's better. So she kind of, yeah, tapped one on the shoulder, asked a question and he was just like, what? You know, just kind of brushed her off. And she's like, oh, I knew it. People aren't friendly or whatever her her mental models were about this, or, oh, nobody likes me, or whatever they were, were reinforced. But when I pointed out to her, but look at all these other people's body language here. 
those people look open, those people look open, those people. So that's the first thing is you look for the open people and open body language, and maybe even a bit of eye contact to see, are they returning my gaze or not? So these are a few things you can do to lessen the odds of being rejected. These are all great for like going up there and flirting. But what about if you're being flirted with? Do we do we necessarily know that we're being flirted, flirted to, flirted at? Hopefully not <laughs> flirted at, because that kind of feels like one-sided. Um, <laughs> do you think people know if they're being, if, you know, people are flirting with Yes. Them? Yes, Miranda, I, I do think people know. <laughs> and the reason why I'm so sure about this is actually in my first book, I, I conducted an anthropological study in the cities of London, New York, Paris and Stockholm. And I interviewed 250 people as well as using some other of the methodologies like participant observation and some other things too. And I actually identified there were six ways in which people understood that someone was flirting with them. And I kind of did a TED talk on it. I think it has like maybe 8 million views by now. (laughs) (laughs) I think I kind of did a TED talk that's got 8 million views. I don't know. I don't know. I can't remember. You might want to check it out. But (laughs) so, yes, people do often understand when someone's flirting with them. Yeah. I, oh my god because I saw that you do is it flirting for business yes where does flirting come into business right well that's also about you know making connections and just being open and making that yeah that's about building relationships having good interactions yeah. so that would be more on the sort of feel good flirting camp rather than the flirting with intent camp yeah so I'm gonna go flirting with intent mm-hmm. say I'm at the speed dating I'm like okay I'm gonna do my flirting with intent are there any particular kind of questions that I should be asking or yes okay so I think so with the flirting intent and I'm glad we have the speed dating so basically at the speed dating I want you to think of yourself as a social scientist mm. and you're doing an experiment so it's mm. not about you it's like you're doing an experiment because you're going to report back to Jean on what happened and you're a good student, Miranda. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're going to have to, you know, do your homework because the teacher will be expecting a report. So already <laughs> you're like out of what you usually do. Okay. So that's important. But I want you to bring, I mean, you're such a playful and fun person and this is a huge part of flirting. It's just about being fun and playful without all the like, oh, oh, what's happening? Do they like me? I don't want to be rejected. No, it's thinking about it in a different way. And also, it's since it's with intent, it's bringing your sexuality in. Mm. It's sort of like letting that person know that you find them attractive. Mm. So in a fun, funny way, which again, this is a natural skill of yours. This shouldn't be hard at all. You can sort of give them compliments. Oh, I mean, already just saying, oh, bring in, you can bring in your sexuality into it. It just makes it already seem a lot more fun rather than the sort of slightly like emotive kind of scariness that can come with it. That's right. That's right. Oh, Matt, if you had one piece of advice, if there was something that you could write on a T-shirt sponsored by flirtology.com, what would be, or your top three, let's go for top three. What are your three main things that you would tell people to remember? Well, the on the t-shirt, I definitely want to say, don't think, just go. Oh, nice. Yes. Yeah. 
the minute your brain starts mulling it over, it's not going to happen. Okay. Mm -hmm. Number two, and in fact, I'm like stealing this from my clients over the years. This is what they've told me really helps. And they're just like, it's no big deal. I think that's so, that's so, because one of the things is when you're writing this little narrative before you've gone up to say something to them, something that goes into my brain is, oh, they're going to talk about it to their mates tomorrow. They're going to be like, wah, wah, wah. And it's like, do you know what? They won't be able to pick you up out of a lineup tomorrow. You know, you may wake up and go, oh my God, I said this to that person. But it's not as if they're going to put you against the wall with a cigarette and a blindfold, is it? Exactly. And to be honest, they might not even, might be completely out of their minds. So this is, again, it's like we are creating this story that's just not even real. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's no big deal. Okay. I've got it. Just do it. No big deal. What's your third one? I think the last one is people like to be liked. Mm, yeah. Like we, we like it when people give us compliments or show interest in us, this whole hard to get thing. I mean, they've done studies on this, Miranda, like the hard to get thing. People don't like that. They like people who like them. Yeah. So when you show you're interested rather than, again, I noticed in the British flirting culture from my research and from living here for 20 years, it's about holding the cards close to the chest. No, it should be the opposite. Mm. And that's also like a great filter for someone, isn't it? So it's like, well, do you want to go out with someone who's playing hard to get? Do you want to have that kind of relationship with someone who holds their cards close to their chest? Or do you want to be with the person who's like, oh, I love your eyes. Let's have a free coffee. Like... Yes. Yeah. And in fact, when I do find people who, who like people who are hard to mm. get, I just, I mean, these are clients. I don't go around just telling random people this, but I just kind of say, well, we need to look at you first. What, why are you drawn to people who are hard to get? This is something about you. It never fails to fascinate me. It feels like there should be more flirting coaches. You're like the eminent one. Why isn't anyone else <laughs> doing this? It's really interesting. I've always wondered that as well. Even from my first book, I'm like, is there any other research out there on flirting? I mean, it's strange. I, I have no idea. And it's a serious thing because people might be like, oh, well, it's flirting. But it's, I mean, it's how people get together. And, and we need that these days. Well, yeah. And it's not only that. What I've realized is by working with flirting, you also help people uncover their vulnerabilities about rejection and self-confidence and sexuality. And like we hit all of the major ones and people are willing to sort of like, you know, dust these off the shelf and actually work on this. There's, there's nothing better than the freedom that comes with just being able to talk with whoever you want and just being able to ask out whoever you want. I mean, how many times have we missed opportunities because of this fear of rejection you're not just coming at this from just like, oh, let's just get people together sexually. So what other kind of rewards are you getting from your clients? Well, or even from myself. I mean, I moved to the Cotswolds about a year and a half ago. And, you know, I've been living in London for 20 years and I didn't know anyone here. And I was like, oh, everyone's going to have kids. You know, my husband and I chose not to have children. So we're like, oh, I'm moving to a village. Everyone's going to have kids, this, that. It's going to be hard to meet people. And actually, I started using my flirtology methods. And <laughs> I'm just laughing because now because of this, there was a man sitting on a bench. He's 73 years old. He was sitting on a bench with his dog. And again, a lot of people just like some people only chat want to flirt with someone they find really attractive. Some people would be like, oh, why am I 
talking to a 73 year old man. Like, what's the point? But I wasn't looking at things that way. It was just like, there's a human. He's sitting on a really sunny bench and I don't know anyone. So I said, oh, it looks like you've got a really great sunny bench here. Do you mind if I sit here? And he's like, sure. And now I tease him because he looked so scared. (laughs) And now he and his wife are like my English parents. I am so close to them. I'm so close to their sons, their family. And just because of that. Oh, that's so nice. I think a lot of people might also be coming at it from that kind of point of view. We've just come out of two years of lockdown. People in my life have moved on. So like my friends who used to live in London and now living elsewhere and people have gone off to have babies and, you know, gone back to university or they've changed jobs or something. And just finding friends as an adult, it's really weird, isn't it? You don't know what to do. <laughs> True. And for me, it was just about being open. I was like, wow, I remember I used to be this open, but living in London, you get more closed. And then, you know, the friendship card was full. There's no reason for me. But but yeah, that feeling again, like I'm so open to people and opportunities and relationships. It felt really good. Mm. How can people do that? Give us one last task. We've got, so I've got, I'm going to ask three people that I don't know a question. Yeah. I'm going to try and get a free cup of coffee from Pretz. <laughs> good. Good. Oh, and don't forget your speed dating task. You're going to like give compliments and try and show your own sexuality. Be playful. That's another one. <laughs> And then the, the last one, I think it's about extending an invitation to someone who might already be in your life, mm. but you've never really, you know, someone who you really like, but you've only exchanged emails or had chats. That's actually how I became good friends with the friend I have now. She's like, she'd been in my life. We, we weren't friends. And she's like, you know what, Jean, I want to take you out for lunch. And that was like seven years ago. And now we're friends just because she basically I'm a cheap date Miranda she she bought me lunch I'm like great we'll be friends that's such a lovely piece of advice we've all got acquaintances out there I've I've definitely got acquaintances who I've just been a bit like again now that I think about it and I'm picturing them I'm picturing the same scenario as seeing that guy at the bar I've already got a narrative of like oh but they won't want to hear from me there's a you know we've just been acquaintances and I've I've made up a narrative. I've just got to shut up and just do it, haven't I? Well, let's look at the three sort of slogans I gave you. You can apply all of those. Don't think, just go. What was the middle? Oh, it's no big deal. And the third one is people like to be liked. So there you go. Oh, Jean, if you've got so much on your website. I love philatology. I was looking at it today and there's so many brilliant tips and it's and it's all there. It's not like people have to pay loads to just see some of these lovely common sense tips. But if people want to find more from you, where can they find you? Yeah, I would I really think my book, my last book, Stop Swiping, Start Talking, Find Love, it's a culmination of my whole life's work, every question that's ever been asked. And I think, yeah, I think it can be really useful for people. My thanks to Jean Smith from flirtology.com. Wasn't that fascinating? And it really does take out the pressure from flirting. Just remember, it's all about having fun, building a connection and just being nice to someone. Oh, let me know how you get on. Slide into my DMs if you have fun flirting. I want to hear from you. But in the meantime, we've got our listener stories. Oh, 
it's that time we've all been dreading. It's your terrible chat-up lines. Oh, my God. I'm so glad we've just had a flirting lesson because, honestly, if you lot have to rely on these, then there is absolutely no hope for the human race. Uh, so, some awful ones slid into my DMs. <laughs> oh, this is from Pete who I think might be a bit of a geek. If you were a Transformer, you'd be Optimus Fine. Yeah, thank you. Did you invent the airplane? Because you seem just right for me. That's one for the history buffs because it was the right... It's like they always say in comedy, if it needs explaining, that means it's an excellent joke. Are you Siri? Because you also complete me. <laughs> also, Siri. Oh, dear. Okay. Oh, look at this. This is Charlotte. If you were a burger at McDonald's, you'd be the McGorgeous. That's not even a chat up line, Charlotte. That's just your favorite order at McDonald's. Um, are you a camera? Because every time I look at you, I smile. Oh, oh, okay. Should we just do, we'll do a couple more because <laughs> I haven't tortured you enough. <laughs> oh dear. Okay. We've had geekery. We've had history. Now we've got maths. Are you a 45 degree angle? Because you're acutey. Let's just let that sit with everyone just like a bad smell and finally and this one this one's my this one's being my favorite this one's this one's from adrianne and she says are you wi-fi because i'm totally feeling a connection oh there's my winner Oh, my God. Please save me. We've got to do better. Next week, I want to hear more listener stories. Send me all your weird, wonderful, sexy stories to smutdrop at metro.co.uk. We're looking for red flags. Remember to send me those. You can email me or hunt me down on Instagram, Miri Kane. Send me a voice note. We love a voice note. Pop that in my DMs. And if you want to hear the ones that we love, remember to subscribe right now. I've been Miranda Kane. Smart Drop was produced by Pineapple Audio Production for metro.co.uk. Now, please remember that I need all the attention I can get. So please leave me a nice review and I will love you until the end of time. In the meantime, I'm going to be back to prick up your ears next week.